you ever want to take a, a messy trip down murder lane, that's what you need to do. <laughs> Welcome to Red Wine Reads, a community of book lovers talking about our favorite and not-so-favorite books while pouring a glass or two of wine. I'm your host, Jenna Miller, and with me today is our resident thriller expert, Abby Williams. Now, before we start, I should warn you that we do spoil the endings of these books, so if you don't like that, then please go finish the book and then come back to this episode when you're finished. My goal is to have you read these books with us so you can participate in the conversations. At the beginning of each month, I outline the books we will be reviewing, so whether you want to read one, none, or all of them, the choice is up to you. These reviews are not backed by any science or experience, just two purely opinionated amateur readers. You may hate the books we love or love the books we hate. Everyone has different tastes, but we hope this podcast is fun to listen to, no matter how you like your books. So without further ado, let's pull some corks and get reading. This week, we read Cold Waters by Debbie Herbert. Wine re- red wine reads good can't even say the name of my own podcast it is a tricky one <laughs> alliteration it is it gets people thinking though that's the whole point that's true that's true but if they're this- drinking some red wine do they want to be thinking no yeah absolutely exactly. not <laughs> exactly um now that you brought it up it is red wine reads so what are you drinking tonight cabs have baby cabs that is i love it that is my personal favorite what are you drinking <sighs> Um, I switched it up a little bit tonight. Uh, we got these hard ciders. Ooh. And so this one is strawberry lemonade. Okay. Um, I like it. Yeah, we got, um, we went on, my boyfriend and I went on a mountain trip, uh, a mountain trip to the mountains. Uh, oh, wow. Where'd you go again? The mountains? Asheville, North Carolina. Ooh. It was beautiful. It was stunning. Um, had a blast, but we picked up a bunch of ciders and a bunch of beer. So we have a ton in the fridge. So I thought I would knock one out. <laughs> Honestly, smart. You got to use what mm-hmm. you got. Alrighty. Cheers. Cheers. Clink. Clink. <laughs> I don't know actually what your can would sound like clinking, but well, yeah, yeah, that's it. That's the one. <laughs> um, <laughs> good start. <laughs> we're so, we're such professionals. I know. I have to say, I recorded a podcast on Thursday, Saturday with Ella, and um, we started off by taking a shot. So that one was. Uh, oh gosh. Okay. I think that can be like round two for us, like yeah. our next one, because mm. especially not with this book. I don't think we can. Yeah, be, definitely um, not. Definitely not. <laughs> too far gone. I mean, after after I read this book, I was just like, dude, where's the anxiety medication? That's I know. Yeah, that, that's how I felt. Okay. Let's dive right in. So I like to start these podcasts um, usually with a little bit about the author and a little bit about the book. So Cold Waters is actually the first book in a two-book series titled Normal Alabama. The second book is called Scorched Grounds. So maybe we'll have to read that sometime in the future. We'll see. Um, This book itself was published in 2019. Uh, Debbie Herbert herself is from Alabama and is living there right now and talks about it a lot in her bio. Um, She describes herself as writing 
southern suspense with a touch of gothic. Uh, she also, you know, she writes paranormal romances. She she writes books that take place in the bayou that are also um, Harley Quinn novels, so di- different romances as well. And so um, this was kind of a little different turn from all of her romance um, writing that she was doing. So this kind of takes her turn into the psychological thriller uh, type genre. Alrighty, then let's move on to our five by five, which I like to do. So we're going to do five main characters or not so main, I guess, um, and five plot points that this book, so we could kind of get through the summary and get, get, get rolling. Right, right, right. Um, so <laughs> Abby and I did read this book a little bit ago, so this is going to be a little rusty. So hang, hang in there with us. But let, let's let's go. So we have Violet. Yes. Uh, she is our main character. She is one of the point of views in, of which the story is told through. So then there's Ainsley. In in my notes, I just put next to her name, Dead Girl. Dead Girl. Um, <laughs> floating somewhere in, in Ainsley the is, Yeah, this is a murder mystery. So she is um, the murdered um, individual that the story surrounds. So And she was good friends with Violet when they were children. Uh, then we have Delaney, who's again, okay, <laughs> again, in my notes, I say violent, sketchy sister. Sketchy is um, like an understatement, but it's okay. She's creepy. Yeah. Uh, she takes care of another main character who is, uh, Violet's dad, who is kind of suffering from some memory loss and is a little out of it is maybe a wee bit over medicated by his own daughter Delaney just a teensy weensy just a teensy weensy bit and then we have Hyacinth who is Violet's mother who is another point of view of which this story is told through so those are our five mainish characters there's a few other characters who pop up here and there but those are the ones that the story mainly centers around which all of them are in the same family except for Ainsley the the dead gal um <laughs> rest in peace rest in peace I should also say one of the other main characters is Boone Boone I thought I was gonna like Boone I thought I was gonna like him I did too and he turned really into did. a trash bag <laughs> so Boone is the local sheriff of course yeah if you're having a story about a small town you have to have the local sheriff oh, of course of course and so you have Boone and you find out that Boone and Hyacinth had an affair. Violet's real dad is Boone. For anyone who has listened to the first two episodes of this podcast, uh, they know that I am terrible at giving book summaries. So um, I'm going to maybe steal a summary from someone else, <laughs> but I'll give them credit. So don't worry. Uh, so I stole this summary from Amazon. Um, so not very creative, but that is what we're working with today. So everyone thinks 14-year-old Violet is a murderer. After a summer night swim with her best friend Ainsley, Violet is found confused wandering the forest and Ainsley's never seen again. Both out a body, murder charges won't stick. So Violet is sent away. After more than a decade in a psychiatric ward, Violet returns to her broken down hometown of Normal, Alabama to claim her dead mother's inheritance and help her overworked sister care for their unstable alcoholic father. Violet, still haunted by the night 11 years ago, endures horrific flashbacks and twisted hallucinations while townsfolk spit accusations. And for all she knows, they're right. As the summer heats up, details of Ainsley's fate disappear like a beast wild eyes 
watching in the darkness, and grim revelations about Violet's family threaten to devour her. Already on the edge of madness, Violet fights to keep her sanity long enough for the terrible truth to burst from the cold, dark waters. And so, as this uh, summary states, Violet does return to her hometown, and as she returns, it just so happens that they're going to drain the dam that where Ainsley's body is now. So, once they retrieve the body, they may be able to actually charge Violet with murder if they're able to provide any evidence. And so, you kind of go on this crazy ride of Violet coming home to her to her older sister, Delaney, and their father, who is suffering from dementia and is pretty drugged up from all the drugs that Delaney is giving him you know, chaos ensues, and you find out that Delaney was the one who actually killed Ainsley on a night in a fit of rage with a rock. So, crazy, crazy stuff. I'm gonna give you three points that I did not like. All right. Or three, three things I did not like. I'll keep it to three. Um, oh gosh, there's more. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it was not my favorite. Listen, I, I have read my fair share of thrillers, and I actually read one recently that was very, very bad. And then I read one recently that was the really, really bad book, if it was done right. I feel like this one was so close to being really good. And it, it felt like almost like a Mayor of Easttown, if you've watched that show. It felt like it was starting that way or maybe like a Sharp Objects. Like we'll get into that in the pairings section, but it felt like it could have been really good. Like it could have had a really cool plot twist. But as soon as you meet Delaney, you know she did it. Right. No, absolutely. <laughs> You're like, this girl's sketchy as hell. She did it. You don't really predict that she's going to like bash her head in it with a rock. But that felt very weird. Like it felt almost better if she would have just come out of the woods, killed her, you know, in a fist fight. Along those lines, though, this is this is what bugs me about that. Is like, I think that Debbie Herbert was basically like, setting up Delaney to be the villain for sure and she is the villain Mm -hmm. but why are we just brushing off the fact that Violet pushed her that fall could have killed her it almost did like if if even if Delaney had just left her there she easily could have drowned yeah it was almost like you she was really playing into like making you really want to feel bad for Violet but she wasn't innocent at all she wasn't and like she was in her own way very creepy like she had like crows as friends. Oh yeah, for sure. But actually, we gotta talk about the crows later because we got some points. <laughs> we got some points for you about them. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, I'm just yeah. annoyed at the fact because like I think I think that's where I was kind of thinking maybe she would go is that we wanted to root for Violet so badly. We're like she's getting her life together. She's doing better. Like mentally, she's she's making a, a life for herself now. And then I just like it just completely everything that she was like redeemed by was taken away when Mm -hmm. she shoved like I'm sorry but like she was just as bad as Delaney in that like even if Delaney hadn't taken the rock and smashed her head in there is a good good chance that Ainsley would have died we also still don't know how she lost her memory I think that just happens yeah that's more of like a psychological thing like that happens with people who are in trauma obviously I am not an expert but I think that a lot of people like repress those memories and it, and it just turns into like a foggy memory. Like they just don't remember until maybe they have something like Violet had where something triggers it. Yeah. And then she's like, oh yeah, I remember. Yeah. My other one, like we were talking about before, the ending was just atrocious. Like you're trying to tie up loose ends. And I think in a thriller novel, the best ones are the ones that don't tie it up. 
are the ones that kind of like leave these bad characters. Yeah. Like kind of alone. And then it's like, oh crap, like what are they going to do? They're on the loose. Or you find out, you know, like the the main character that you wanted to root for was actually like the evil person. See, and I thought that's kind of where she was headed. I know. Well, I know she was setting it up so blatantly obvious that Delaney was the sketchy, creepy. At first, I was like, it's definitely Delaney. And then I was like, no, she's making it way too obvious. It's not going to be Delaney. <laughs> it was Delaney. Right. And I was just like, okay. Well. <laughs> I was like, you just knew. You just knew. Yeah. Which is like sad with a thriller because you want to be very like I wanted shell shocked, thrilled, you know, and I wasn't. Yeah. And then I think my last point was like I was saying when we're even trying to describe the plot line, it flashes between different storylines. And with with certain things that can be really impactful, really cool, really good. But I did not like Hyacinth. No. And so I did not relate to her and so I was like why does she get her own chapter I would have almost preferred Delaney get her own chapter I think that would have been more interesting if Delaney had had her own chapter yeah if like we had the the opposing forces of Violet and Delaney right going at it but it just felt like and then is it just me too so they like it was confusing because they did Violet kind of when the accident happened they did Violet in the present day but then they also did Violet when she was in the mental hospital and I just kind of like looking back and like those, all those like times they did that, they were actually very irrelevant to the story. Yes. D- is that just me? Because nothing happened. Like no- Seth, nothing happened with him. Like absolutely <laughs> yeah, nothing. I, <laughs> I honestly forgot until he said. Like they make this like love interest for Violet and then he's never talked about ever again. Yeah, that was awful. And well, and that's where I got like confused. It was like, it was just kind of, my dog um it was just kind of like a lot of padding mm-hmm. into this like plot line that you like almost just to like fill pages oh definitely like and it just didn't yeah it didn't add to the story I got very lost at a lot of points of just like of the characters and how I felt about the characters and then at at the end I feel like Hyacinth was raising Violet as this golden child mm-hmm. and Boone and she can do no wrong. And she does no wrong, according to the book. And yet she, like, literally pushes someone off a cliff. <laughs> yeah. um, <laughs> but it just felt, like, very hard to like these characters when it's... There is only one character inside this yeah. entire book that I actually liked, and that was Libby. Oh, I love Libby. Yeah. She's, like, the cool person where, like, everyone else in the town... By the way, the town is called Normal. And obviously that's ironic because this place is nothing like normal. Um, and so Libby is just like the only accepting person of violent. Everyone else thinks she's a murderer and she's like, well, I don't think you are like, it's fine. So she's pretty cool. Yeah. And she hates Delaney. That's a bonus point. Like it's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. So she's literally <laughs> the only person that I liked. Yeah, no, I hundred percent agree. And that, that, that's a good segue. Unless, do you have other things you didn't like? Oh, there were so, so much I didn't like. Um, Because <laughs> <laughs> those were my main three. I did not like the ending. I did not like the characters. And I did not like the organization of this book. I would agree. So, so the big thing. <laughs> well, also, I don't know if like anyone else is like me, but obviously when I'm reading, I get very lost in a story. And I'm that type, like, I can't stop reading until I figure out like the resolution. Like I cannot stop. And so I do this and this is totally on me. It's terrible. 
but I forget to read the chapter titles. So a lot of the time I wouldn't even know whose perspective this was. And I was reading and I was like, who am I reading about? Like shoot. And so I'd have to like flip back to the page. So if you do go, go and read this book, make sure to read who the chapter is like, whose perspective it is, because that got me several times. Um, yeah. And then just how like, just obvious it was, I guess. Um, and I think that she kind of painted mental illness in a very poor light. I don't know if that's just me, but just like everything, like I would, I would think that like, if I did struggle with some stuff with that, like I would read this book and feel so discouraged about going and getting help. And Mm -hmm. so I, I didn't like that either. Um, but yeah, that, I mean, that's my main things. I, I hated all the characters. And I feel like if you don't even have, like Libby was a side character. If you don't have like a main character that you can like semi-relate to, or you, you just like love for no reason at all. Like there's, there's, it's not good writing, you know? Yeah. And then that, I think that, that also touches on the characters were too perfect in their own ways where it was like Delaney was the perfect villain. There was like nothing she didn't have any redeeming qualities like there was nothing to like about her and then with violet she was the perfect like character it was like everything she did was without fault she was the perfect victim in a sense yes yeah that's like the perfect way to put it and so it was like you can't you can't like characters that aren't human Mm -hmm. and they aren't human absolutely and Hyacinth was painted as this like goddess. <laughs> She's my least favorite character too. Like I like Delaney more than I like her. Kind of on brand. My dog took a, a red wine cork. Nice. <laughs> Started chewing. He it, just wants in great. on the fun too. Yeah. Anyways, <laughs> well, that's a good natural pause. Um, <laughs> was there anything that we liked? I feel like there were some good things about it. I will say big fan of imagery. And I do think that she, you know, from you, you did get a sense of what normal was like, cause she was mm-hmm. very descriptive, even on the like times when she would go out, like the two girls would go out skinny dipping and stuff. You can picture it. You know, I do think that she does well at uh, describing the setting and really giving you a sense of place. I will say that. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously my, my favorite part of this book probably was her sense of symbolism um, with the crows I thought that was actually really interesting it was kind of fun to like see crows kind of take on the hero role <laughs> well okay so this is what I was going to talk about earlier so a lot of people think that black crows kind of symbolize a bad omen which is literally mm-hmm. what Violet thinks of the entire time she is so superstitious she does everything to like just avoid bad luck because she just thinks her life has been a series of bad luck but really that's actually ravens so people are confused with the two birds so ravens really are the bad omens and, um, crows can actually represent transformation, which people Whoa. don't know exactly. Doesn't that give you a whole new perspective on Vi- like literally why Violet likes these birds so much is because throughout the book, she really does play victim. And then slowly, but surely she kind of is like, all right, now I am like this, this is happening to me and I can do something about it, you know? And she was like, okay, Delaney is the big bad wolf and I can actually stop her. And so it is transforming, you know? Yeah, no, that's fascinating. And like, she's feeding these crows and like that she's feeding this transformation. Love that. See, that's good. Isn't that good? (laughs) Like there are- That's actually very good. Now, now I'm, now I have a whole new respect. Yeah. And then, I mean, I don't know about you. I think that 
<laughs> I think in society today, we're just finally starting to talk about gaslighting, especially mm-hmm. as women. And I thought this was such an interesting character to do. Like, that's literally what she does the entire time. Yeah. Just gaslight well, and everybody. It, it, and it's fascinating to kind of see it's almost like a reversal of roles where usually it's kind of like that abusive father mm-hmm. like trope where you have like the abusive father who's gaslighting, you know, his daughters. Yet now you have this daughter that's like gaslighting both her father and her right. younger sister. Right. And so that like, it's just, it's an interesting premise. Like I said, she started off, she set it up in like a very good way. It was just, it was just like <laughs> everything past like page 50 just lost it. There's like <laughs> one scene that, so basically early on in the book, um, Violet notices that her dad is just sleeping all the time, you know? And she's like, that's weird. That's weird. And, and then all of a sudden Delaney puts something in her like mint tea or something, iced tea. Uh-huh. And then like, she passes out. And I'm just like, that's where, that's where Debbie Herbert goes wrong. She's so early yeah. on made Mm. Delaney suspicious like why I mean I get it like drugging the dad because he does have dementia so like odds of anyone believing him are you know zero to none but why in the world would you drug your little sister who's literally like what 25 years old yeah she's gonna know like tea doesn't just make you like conk out man yeah well and you even knew before the tea where it's like she's bringing back all these gifts and like she didn't even pick her up from the airport like I don't know. You just automatically hate Delaney from the get-go. Well, then she did try to confuse us a little bit. I mean, that one part when Violet's like, oh, she did remember that I was coming home. She did want to make it special because she made her favorite dinner or whatever. And I was like, wow. (laughs) Again, with the manipulation, like, oh, I didn't do this, which is like just a, like, I didn't pick you up from the airport, even though that's just like a basic human act of decency. But hey, (laughs) I, I made something for you. Like, I don't know. Yeah. Oh boy. Well, I don't really have much more to say about this. I feel like I, I kind of drove it into the ground, which I feel bad about, but so, so if I ask you like, would you recommend this book? Would you not? I would not. I would not. either. I I think I have a whole bookshelf of books that I would rather recommend that are similar to this. I would agree. Um, so in going off of that, what out of five stars, what would your final rating be of this book? I think it's so frustrating because it's literally just like you said, there was so much potential in this book. Yeah. So much potential. And I'm, I'm going to have to literally give it a two. You took the words right out of my mouth. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just, it, it would almost be interesting to have her rewrite it, honestly, and give me an alternate yeah. ending because it just was so, I, I can't even like, you know, what would have been a plot twist if Boone did it like I don't know someone just unexpected you know that wasn't so obvious and like I honestly don't even know why she kept Hyacinth alive either so no that was like the stupidest like oh she's alive and you're like well you expected it to be a big plot twist right (laughs) I literally was like why did I see this coming like (laughs) (laughs) yeah she just kind of chose like the most um the most obvious like thriller tropes Mm -hmm. alive you know like person ends up dead she is alive um it was not actually the one sister it was the other sister it was just like and she put all of them together like either like pick one and stick to it or or don't do all of them in the same one like that's what I felt like I felt like 
it was just like one after the other. I'm like, goodness gracious. <laughs> so what's your rating of this? I would say a two as well. Okay. Okay. So um, I think it only gets a two because of our, I think the potential, the setup, the description, like her writing of describing scenes and that's about it. I agree. No, totally agree. It's just, um, it wasn't one of those books that, I mean, I read it really fast, but like, it wasn't one of those books that I'm like, I can't wait to reread that, you know, six yeah. months from now, which my favorite book I've literally already read like eight times. Yeah. And I only read it like two years ago. So I'm like, uh, I just, I don't know. I wouldn't reread yeah. it. I wouldn't recommend it. Yeah. I agree. I like to end the show with a segment we like, we call pairings. And so this is TV shows, movies, books that might pair well with uh, today's book. And uh, excuse the ambient uh, background noise. My dog is eating and I don't have a very professional studio. I <laughs> am um, laying in my bed right now. So, <laughs> so we're, we're professionals over yes, here. Yes, we um, are. So anyways, um, I can go first to kind of give you- I a, actually a do have an idea. So you go first. Let, oh. me, let me see where- Okay. Um, usually I like to do all three. So I like to do a book, a movie, and a TV show. My TV show would be Sharp Objects. I feel like that's kind of the same realm of, you know, girl comes back to small town, there's a crime that happens, and she's trying to kind of investigate and figure out what happened. Um, though in Sharp Objects, she's taking the role as the journalist trying to figure out what's happening um, in her town. But it's still kind of that small town murder mystery type type feel. And so um, this is also a book. So I guess it covers two. Okay. <laughs> uh, so you can, I think, it, I think Gillian Flynn wrote it. So if you like the idea of a kind of a small town murder mystery, then I think um, watching or reading Sharp Objects is a much better ploy because that ending is like whack, wild. <laughs> <laughs> My book, like I said, um, like I said earlier, there was a book that did really, that like did the thriller perfectly. And we're actually talking about it. I'm talking about it with Cassidy and it's Verity by Colleen Hoover. I've heard so, so many great books, like, I mean, recommendations because for that book. So that one is phenomenal because you're reading it and you think, you know, it's happening. And then you get to the end and you say, yep, that's exactly what I think happened. That was a great book. That's exactly what I think. But you still see you have like 15 pages left. And then the last 15 pages blows your freaking mind. I love books like that, <laughs> but literally just like, they think you, you think you've solved it. And then the author is just like, ha ha, no. They're like, ha ha, psych. Yeah. I guess a good movie, one just came to mind. I, um, a good movie, I guess, is also a, a Gillian Flynn, uh, Gone Girl. Oh, I'd that's say. a good one. Yeah. Because it's a... It, I guess the only thing it has in common is like the thriller aspect, but it's it's just a thriller <laughs> that's the only reason that they, it kind of compares but see and that's kind of where I'm at is like I've read some really good thriller books or kind of like murder mystery kind of what happened in this book David Baldacci recently read a lot of his literally any of his kind of match mm. match this but like he does it better <laughs> um but <laughs> as soon as you said okay what's what's kind of an equivalent tv show I cannot, it's not super recent, but if anyone has watched Pretty Little Liars, this is oh. that to a, to a T because it is just a mess. It is a mess. <laughs> girl goes missing. Girl, like we don't know what happens. 
uh, like friends are are you know thought to have maybe killed her it's the same thing so if you ever want to just oh that's a a really good one oh yeah (laughs) oh my gosh that's the quote right there if you ever want to take a messy trip (laughs) down burner lane (laughs) this is the book for you this is the book for you (laughs) Uh, yeah but that's literally what it is it's just a complete mess but hey yeah it's a journey so it's a journey that we took um and we don't think you should yeah we don't think you should (laughs) Um, unless you already read it and you came here prepared hopefully you agree with us if not let us know sorry to offend you hop on our socials (laughs) drill into us tell us why you liked it (laughs) yeah actually prove us wrong see look it's even like the crow thing like if you had known that while you're reading it which I don't know why I looked it up but I did and it did give me like a newfound understanding of what she was trying to do well Maybe we missed something, Jenna. Maybe, maybe maybe we need to reread this. <laughs> um, it's gonna be a no for me today. But you reread we'll it. Wait let till me know. It gets, we'll wait till it gets made a new movie. It's sure to it's sure to be that. That's true. Maybe maybe <laughs> it will be better as a movie. You know how it's usually opposite. Like move, the movies yeah. are worse. Maybe I don't know. Maybe it will be Ick. a little positive spin. Yeah, I think it could be. I don't know though. I have a very specific like how Delaney and Violet will look in my head. Yeah. And if the TV adaptation does not depict that, we might have some issues. That's our conversation today. <laughs> we need some more wine we're, after that book. Yeah, we're sorry, Debbie. Um, we wanted to like it. We were so it close just, to liking it. It was. And then, just a few things, but alas. Abby, thank you so much for joining me. Oh. I always have a fun time talking with you. Oh, me too. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Well, that's the show. Thanks so much for listening. If you like the show, then please let us know by giving us five stars on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. If you want more book-related content, then you can find me on Instagram or TikTok at Podcast. That's at R-W-R-E-A-D-S-P-O-D-C-A-S-T. And again, that's at Podcast. Stay tuned for our Small Sips episode, where I will be previewing our April book choices exciting stuff. And as a little sneak peek, next Monday, Ella and I will be discussing Under the Banner of Heaven by John Krakauer. You really won't want to miss this. So until next week, keep your books open and your drink glasses full. Thanks guys. Mm